Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is the desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedlack, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Rich Bornstein. Hello, Rich. How you doing? How are you? How are, uh, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen you. So, but you know, you're, you know. <laughs> you're, uh, you're looking, you're looking spry as ever, beautiful as ever. So it's nice to be, nice to be on your show. I appreciate you being here with us today. And for those of you who don't know Rich, you might want to go and check out the business ownership podcast where I interview for the first time. Uh, but this time we're going to get into the fun and juice of it all. So we'll start off though. We'll start softly, gently. Give us a 5,000 foot view of who you are and what you do. <laughs> well, I'm a, uh, I, I'm a business storyteller. Uh, I believe in video, in the power of video. And I believe that everybody has this passion inside them or they wouldn't be in business. And it's important to get those messages out there of why you do what you do, how you do what you do and what you do. And to me, if that's your secret sauce, get it out there and what better way to do it. You can write to the, for the rest of your life and nobody reads anymore. 90, I, I, 90, I don't know if anybody ever read tell you. The well, truth. you know, I did, did you know, but, <laughs> but now, now it's even worse, but there's more of a, like a 90% um, retention rate from video as opposed to the written word. And so that's well, of what course I there is. That, and that kind of boggles my mind. It's like Hollywood is always knowing that people are more interested in watching movies than they are in reading the book because way more people watch the movies than have ever read the book, even though people always complain the book was much better. Well, if you got through it, <laughs> can get so, through them. It's so funny that you say that because um, when I was at Warner Brothers, we had worked on a show called Spencer for Hire um, with a man that, you know, he, the guy that created it uh, passed away, but became one of my good friends, Robert B. Parker. And he said, you know what, Rich, on the worst night, on the worst night of the show, it is so many more people than, and I'm on the New York Times bestseller list, but he says, it doesn't matter. On the worst night, I'm getting so many more people to know about Spencer than they would in any, any other way. And it's so true. It is so true that, um, yeah, I mean, it's not, but I think the world is catching up to that. And, and I think that's the way business is done today. It's about creating an emotional connection. And if you don't, then you're, you're going to be the losers in there. If you if you're successful in creating that emotional connection, you're on your way. You're you, you know that's to me that's what business is all about. I mean, I've never owned a pair of Bomba socks, but I know damn well they're the best socks never sold. <laughs> okay, I mean I'm not I, I don't I don't need you know I have a few rain gutters, but I don't have a huge problem. I don't have any trees you know where I live. Um, to, but I know 
they, I shouldn't get up on a ladder yeah, to like. clear them out. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I'm going to die, you know, from, from that, from leaf filter. So again, it's about creating an emotional connection. And that's what I do. That really is what I do. And that's, I'm just going to keep pounding that away until it gets through to, to as many people as I can. You know, nothing like a good pounding. So <laughs> let's talk about the, uh, you breezed over it. I, I, there's a catch 22 to this, but I love it, is that you are an actual Hollywood producer. Yeah, well, Hollywood executive. Um, yes, <laughs> I, 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 do I, do I dare tell you that story again? So I was a producer because I was really frustrated um at warner brothers long story although this is the little blue, blue pill right it is yeah Anything well my else? boss at the time had broken all the rules and done something that he shouldn't have done and i was really frustrated and i knew i needed what? to get out. what you, you you have full permission to disclose and you say he did something he okay he was married and he hired his girlfriend to be you know at a very high level job to the point where everybody who knew me would say to me oh god rich i'm sorry that you know this is going on with you so it's like, okay, but I realized, but they, but in those days there was nothing you could do. You had, you had a choice, accept it or get the hell out. And, and I was working towards getting the hell out. So I was sitting at lunch with a producer friend of mine. And he says, I said, I'm really frustrated, Peter. And he said, well, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do what you do. I want to produce. And he goes, do you really want to be a producer? And I, and I said, I really want to be a producer. He goes, I'm, if I give you the magic formula, are you going to follow it? He goes, yes. He took his spoon and he went, you are now a producer. Boom. And at that moment, I was a producer. Now, um, you got knighted into the world. I got knighted into the production world. With a so that's, that's kind of appropriate spooning in order to get a <laughs> <producer> job. <laughs> now you're going, now you're going to the dark place. Um, isn't I'm that what Hollywood producers do? I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I, I've taken that to heart. So I produce, I produced uh, a lot of, um, video content in a lot of different areas and so that's that's my knighthood into the production world but i i but gotta I did ask work. did you ever do any porn <laughs> no that's another story. <laughs> but i did where i have worked for warner brothers paramount um goldwyn uh universal disney i've you know so i've i've uh fox i've so i've done i have a, a lot of experience in the hollywood world uh actually released movies for, you know, most of the, for many of those companies. And so I do know those things. What was one of um, the most fun ones that you did? I know we'll get to you in a minute, but yeah, yeah. Let's see. Entertaining fun ones. You know what, you know what the fun, <laughs> you know, the fun ones are. I remember there was a young actor by the name of Kenneth Branagh that, that did this movie called Henry V with his wife at the time, Emma Thompson. And my boss just said, Shakespeare. And I said, I said, can I, we let me take the reins on it. She goes, be my guest. Because I had had the opportunity in college to meet one of the most charismatic uh, Shakespeareans in the world. His name was Homer Swander. And um, so I knew because it was so good that if I sold a great movie that happened to be based on Shakespeare, as opposed to a great Shakespearean movie, that we had something. And sure enough, that's how I positioned it. I did, you know, we, we, we uh, centered all the marketing around it. Ken was naturally charismatic. So we took him around to major cities to do interviews and and it 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 launched it and it actually relaunched Shakespeare into our vernacular in in the um in the movie um, uh movie world and so by the time he did much to do about nothing all those years later he was a household you know he was pretty much of a household name and now of course he's Sir Kenneth Branagh so that's really one of the most fun when you can do when you can create something like that it's fun um 
And, you know, it's actually interesting. I hadn't thought about it in a while. So I get a call yesterday from the guy who was the original creator of American Gladiators. And he said, he said, they're doing a story on me, Rich. And I, and I, so, so expect a call from ESPN that, um, you know, they're going to, because you were there on the ground floor. You're the one that did the marketing and the PR. And I said, great, John, you know, I would love to do it. That was fun because, you know, people were calling us the demise of civilization and what's going to be next. Uh, you know, is it going to be public executions and all that kind of stuff. And, <laughs> and the reality of it is it changed the course of television. How many, how many competition shows do you see on TV? And, and I think it almost, and this is all hindsight, it begat all the reality shows that are happening now because of that. So, but I back in the day, that, we that was really, awesome. I watched that. That was we so were, much fun to we watch. Were universally, <laughs> we were universally criticized for, you know, destroying the, the television medium. So those are a couple of fun yeah, ones. I think, um, what was it? But, you know, brothers the, or. Yeah, the, the list goes on and on. I mean, you know, I just, it's. Just, <laughs> um, you didn't have to do that one, did you? Yeah. But anyway, but those are, <laughs> those are two because, you know, they, 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 they stick with me, but I mean, you know, the list goes. The list goes on and on. Um, I think you know, getting uh, Oscar nominations for um, Madness of King George was another one. And I, I create, created a worldwide campaign was because it was originally called the Madness of George V. And we decided that American audiences would think that they missed the first four of of that, and so they didn't <laughs> want to see the fifth sequel. So we changed to Madness of King George. That that note got picked up around the world. I mean, literally, it said. You know, it said Goldwyn has, you know, Goldwyn Studios has decided that, um, that, you know, they changed the name of Manus, you know, Manus of, of, of uh, George V because they wanted people, you know, that, not to think that they missed the first four parts of it. So, boom. So, those kinds of things are fun and they do, they really do stick with you. And I think that the, uh, on a business note, I think helping a, a Adobe transform from brick and mortar to what they are uh, to, um, to the cloud-based business, to making, to help making After Effects an essential part of every post-production house person in the world, that makes me feel good. And of course, because this is the little boy pill, uh, little 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 blue pill show. Schmuck boy here didn't even realize what I did for you know a couple of years, and so someone said, "You realized you helped change the software industry," and I went like, "What are you talking about?" But again, sometimes you know. Youth is wasted on the young. Okay, there you go. <laughs> and intelligence is wasted on us. But anyway. there, you, there you go. <laughs> I got to tease and harass you because it's just too much fun. No, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get enough of that yesterday from you. Well, you know, I got more to give. Hang around. <laughs> <laughs> so when, when, how do you translate all of that, the breadth and width of those production houses? Like, they're huge. They got a massive budgets. They, it's insane. And then you come into, you know, Joe's plumbing company. How do you how do you translate that into something that Joe can use? Yeah, here here is here's the big thing. Okay, doesn't right, matter. Thing. And this is and thing. this is you know, you know you wanna, give me the big thing. You're not even listening. All right, I'm listening, <laughs> but I got I'm trying to stay on track here. Oh, you know right, I mean? right, right. So here, here's the thing. The I knew early on, especially in the world that I was working in. You needed to position things a certain way. Again, it was the she, it great, is all about position. Great, great movie based on Shakespeare, or great you know, <laughs> or great Shakespearean movie. Big difference, small words, you know, or or what you know what what there was another line there, me. you know, waiter, writer. It's just one letter is the difference, right? So um, okay, so it's all about positioning. So I knew you have to take as a because I began my life as a journalist. 
Well, what, what, what's journalism? It's about finding your angle. It's about finding that captive um, subject that's going to that's going to grab people when they read your first sentence or two. Die, right? man, you're killing me right now. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. About the angle and grabbing. Yeah, people. there you go. But okay. um, <laughs> but I know I know you're kind of depraved on account of you're deprived out there. In, Clearly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I gotta get out into public more often. Apparently. So that's really what it is. Everybody, that's why I started to say everybody has a story. And you know, I knew when I was working in the diabetes community, and I would get these notes, and I would do a, a story with somebody like Leslie West was the late uh, guitar player and singer from the band Mountain, and he lost his uh, leg to diabetes. He did two interviews. He did one with me and one with Howard Stern. And I got, you know, when that when that aired on CNBC, our, our piece. I mean, I still get notes today. And he just passed away, um, unfortunately. But people said, you know, this motivated me. This, you know, this was, this, I'm going to do better in my life. And I got so many notes like that in, in that community. And I realized, okay, that's what it's about. So that made me feel better here. So people ask me all the time, well, what do you get more enjoyment out of? Hey, I'll, I, I get enjoyment out of both. But if I can help an entrepreneur, if I can help a small business get off the ground, there was something in LinkedIn today, a company that I work with, a Canadian company, um, Hip Hop, their H I P P O C, their uh, artificial intelligence. He, you know, we, we did some work with them, and he's so appreciative. You, you can check out the video um, that we did for him. And again, it's telling nice. your story. Where did they see it? Uh, on LinkedIn. Nice. You know, on your LinkedIn? He posted on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, the the, the um, CEO's name is um, one of the most charming people in the world. His name is uh, Jean-Maxime LaRouche. And, um, but again, it's an example of storytelling and why they're different and how they're going to change the industry, you know, the advertising uh, industry. And it's right there. So, okay. So yeah, would I make more money working for Disney on that particular part? Absolutely. But, but if, if I can help them take their business from here to there and then to there, I feel good. I think that's one of the things I love about you so much is that you've you've got this breadth and width of knowledge that is world-class, exceptional, one in the tops, and you're just going like, I just want to help little guy, and this is awesome. And, and to me, it takes a hell of a personality to be able to, to be able to do that. Well, thank you for that. Sometimes I do run out of patience, but yeah, no, I do. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> why, why does it take so long? Why? You know, well, you know, like, you know, someone wants to know, well, why don't you just buy a camera? What do you, you know, what do you need to, you know, I, I go, I don't know anything about lighting. Sure. You know, I mean, like, I know so, what I like. I mean, I know how to light. I mean, I know, I know, you know, I know my what, lighting sucks right I, now. I know what, but... no, I know what the proper lighting is, but if you're asking me how to fix something, like if there's a shadow, no, I gotta, I have to rely on a professional. I mean, uh, Clint Eastwood said it best. A man's got to know his limitations, and I, you know, that was Dirty Harry. I'm sure, one of your favorite movies. I'm, I'm guessing that your personality is based on Dirty Harry, Michelle. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that again. Tell me, punk, did, in all the excitement, did I fire five or did I fire six? Actually, I don't remember. You know, so there, that's did I you. Have five or six organs. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, there, yeah, good for there. me. <laughs> <laughs> Never ask a woman how many. So uh, I do indeed. want to note, though, that'll what take exactly... me into next year. That'll take me into next year. I remember there you that. go. That's a um, tough <laughs> now, now that I've totally uh, yeah, not, lost knocked it. you off. Right. <laughs> Tell me, what exactly does a producer do? Like, do you like I'm totally oblivious to the whole world of of movies. And like, I know how to get in front of a camera and go here, say this. 
that's kind of the extent of it. <laughs> well, make, you know, the producer, okay, there's, you're talking about, let's, let's discuss the two different mediums, okay? So if you're talking about TV, okay, mm -hmm. um, the executive producer is the one with all the power. Um, they are the ones, he or she are the ones that puts together the whole package. They're the, you know, they are the ones who are, you know, the show creator is the one that create, you know, has a certain look, <clears throat> you know, very, very involved with who's going to be in it, hires the director, um, decides how they're going to get that vision taken care of. Then they hire line producers um, to execute that vision, right? Um, and, you know, writing is, is huge. So they, you know, they, they're coordinating all that stuff. That's the TV medium. The movie industry is a producer's medium, okay? I'm, I'm sorry, is a director's medium. So the director is the one that approves of the actors and um, decides, okay, this is how I envision this script. This is the story I'm gonna tell. And then the producer is associated with putting those pieces together. And you know, where are we gonna shoot it? Where can we afford it? You know, who do I bring in? And those kinds of things. And you know, I got, I'm gonna crew up and all that kind of thing. So those are those are the subtle differences. Basically, you know, you think, oh, it's so easy. I just call this person that person. Producers, when they're when you know you're running out of time and they're looking at their watch and they know, holy, you know, whether it's an independent production or a studio production, and they know they're going over and they're on a tight budget. I mean, the pressure you can feel it. It's it's there, and you know, and directors and producers can get into it. Like you're making me nervous. You know, I was on a set. Um, you know, and he just goes, I, I really don't appreciate the fact that, you know, that, you know, you're standing there and you're, you're pacing and whatever, you're making me nervous. He goes, look, we're about ready to go into overtime and we can't afford it, you know? And, and so it's, 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 you know, it's, it's palpable there. So that's really what the producer does. It's look, yes. In a podcast, you just put yourself in front of the camera and you do it. But if you were out moving around and you were shooting it in a garden somewhere, then you, there would be a lot of elements that the producer would have to put together. Okay, how are we gonna how are we gonna light it? You know, is it gonna be in the sun and the shade? Um, you know, how many cameras do we need? What kind so of so you're the dude running around like the event planner, making sure that everything's golden and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully I'm not running around that much, but yes, um, <laughs> I am. I am kind of the event planner, like going, please, please have film. You know, please have. <laughs> Please, please have the camera working properly. Um, you know, but but no. camera guys will tell you they've all we've all lived through it. You know, they forgot to hit record. You know, we got to redo that. And you know, and and uh, my card just you know my the the, the uh, memory card ran out in the middle of the best answer that you know that the, that the subject was going to give. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's we got pressure. one card to blow up, and I forgot to hit record. <laughs> so. So yeah, it's nerve wracking. And then, 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 you know, for let's say the pieces I've done for say CNN or history or those, it's like, I light it a certain way. I get in or the subject comes in and I send them back the picture. And I go, you okay with this look? Because I'm trying to match something that, that maybe they've already created for the show and I'm, and I'm creating another piece for it. So there's a whole lot of elements that you, that you have to, that you have to go through. It's not as easy as and I think that's that's the um, misnomer that that we need that we really need to correct. I mean, I I don't you know I'm not going to mention names, but you know this whole reality thing where these people are making gazillions of dollars, and every kid now says, oh, "I'm going to be a I'm going to be a gazillionaire because I'm you know I'm going to go do a reality show. I don't need I don't need a college education." It's like, no, 
<laughs> they're the exceptions, okay? Mm. They're the exceptions, they're not the rule, okay? And for, for those, the rest of us, we really need to learn our craft, learn a craft, figure out what our passion, our passions are and go after it. That's, that's well, being the, the little blue pill. I'm going to guess that the majority of my audience is men over 40, but <laughs> so let's talk to them for a second. The, when you go into a business and you're looking at creating video, what kinds of video are there? Okay. Here's the thing. If you go into business and if you're a man over 40, um, and God, if you're close to 40 and you're taking the little blue pill, boy, I'd see a doctor right away. But that's a separate <laughs> conversation. Anyway, um, of course, I'm kidding. So look, you are in business for a reason. You didn't, the, the idea, and, it, and they just had the game yesterday, I feel the dreams game. The idea of build it and they will come. No, that is not, that is not the way it works. So you created your business. You decided to do what you do for a reason. And you've got to, that's, that's where the videos come in. What is your special sauce? What is your secret sauce? What is your, what is your secret power? Okay. What makes you Superman or Superwoman in whatever endeavor you're doing? That's the story you got to tell. And you got to do it in a way, the way you do. And one of the things I admire most about you is, and I know, you know, you joke around and stuff, you, your charisma comes across like boom. And you realize that is your strength. Okay. And the more you get it out there, the more engaging that, you know, the more you engage with people and they realize, you know, what's coming back from the other side, things just keep going up and up for you. I guarantee it. It's the same thing <laughs> with your over 40. Yes. I know. Every time. I, I mean, dude, I mean, you know what? You just, you, know you open the door. I got it. You know what? Michelle Harvey Weinstein has nothing on you. That's all I'm going to say, you know? Okay. So, Oh, wait, excuse me. Yes. Counselor. Yes. Uh, uh, could you, could you hop on? Anyway, but that's really what it is. Why are you doing what you do? What's your passion? What sets you apart? I mean, so, if you, but there's a, yeah. there's an intro video right that you know i'm gonna put on my website i'm gonna say this is this is us this is what we do i can play that before i go on stage maybe or like there's certain would that be a sizzle reel would that be something different right, I, am i, I going to use that if i'm going for financing for an ipo what am i right. going to use it for i i look at i look at it this way okay i think you create your main story which i say should not be more than two minutes if it goes 215 230 okay but that is the one that you put, you, you can post a longer video, say on Facebook, on your YouTube channel and that kind of thing. And that's your founder story that talks about everything. But if, if you look at my site, bornsteedmedia.com, you can see one that I did for uh, Quincy Jones III when he was launching his Feel Rich um, campaign. And, and the video is, it's created, it's produced in the sense of, okay, it tells you what he's up to, okay? It tells you who he is. And it tells you, hey, you want to you want to contribute, you want to be a follower, you wanna you wanna join us. It's all inclusive in that. That is what I think is important. So, if in other words, you want to send to an investor, boom, and then and then you do the sixty second version of that, and that can be tailored to whatever you think your audience is. But that is for whatever you're going after on Instagram, because you know they don't take over sixty second videos on Instagram. And then I take it. 30 second cut down of that and that and that plays for twitter and there are also great teaser videos for email campaigns and things like that and also good it's teaser. good and it's also good for linkedin so um again 
you, you sometimes have to, to structure it a certain way, but depending on what you're going after. But if you're talking to raise money, then you better damn well tell people in your video why the hell you're going to make them money. Because that's all they want to know. How, how if I invest, am I going to make money? You better tell them. Tell them, tell them what, you, what you created. Tell them you're genius. If you just say, well, you know, I'm open, you know, call me. I mean, you're, no, nobody's going to call you. And it's, you know, it's a, that, that's, I hope that explained. Uh, Absolutely. So because it's my show and I get to play with myself whenever I want to. Um, so if you were to come in to work with us, say, what would you do? Okay. The, I would, I would use, I would go back to my days as a journalist. Um, and I would, and I would basically talk to you and say, Michelle, okay, what do you want to accomplish? What's your goal? What, what is, what are you doing? Besides, you know, sitting in front of a, um, a microphone and a camera and harassing your guests. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that's the outcome, but you know, what, what really is your grand vision? And then I would delve deeper into that and you say, okay, well, you know, what happened when I was 13 years old and, and, and I realized this was going to be my passion and, and, you know, my hair used to be brown and then I became red and I realized I could be a rock star. And, you know, that's why I put the red glasses on. Again, I would get those nuggets out of you, right? And then say, okay. And I'd come up with a list of questions and um, get you in front of a camera and, um, and ask them. And in, that, and in that time, I guarantee there'd be some nuggets in there. And if, and if there aren't, I'm going to just keep pounding you and saying, okay, give me your elevator speech. Let's hear it. I want to hear it. You know, and then I would hear, I would hear something that really resonated with me. Okay. I want to, I want to go back to that again. I want you to, I'm going to bring those nuggets out of you because it's, we all, we all live inside our heads. We, I mean, every one of us, I mean, especially if we're entrepreneurs, what do we go to? We go to sleep at night and we're living inside our head. We wake up in the morning. We're going, oh, did anybody, did, that, did anybody go on my calendar and book a meeting with me? You know, it's like, and then we go, well, how can I be better? How can I do things differently? How can, is that, am I going to get the check today? Are they going to make the transfer? I mean, all these things. So sometimes it takes somebody to bring it out of you. And I think the, the, the hardest challenge for entrepreneurs is who do you trust? You do, you need a coach. You need somebody that's going to, you know, that's going to help you get out of yourself. But who do you trust? There's so many shysters out there that, and, you know, I, I'm stunned sometimes with the amount of money people pay for these things. And I, I, I was talking to a lady the other day who's one of the most charming um, people on the planet. Me? She told me how much, besides you, um, <laughs> in addition to you. And, I, and she told me how much. And I just said, I said, I, I said, okay, well, you and I have a different philosophy because I'm not spending that kind of money until I see some results. I'm going to start low so I can, so if, if it's not working, I'm going to back out of it. Okay. Um, and, and, and what do you mean? I go, look, nobody's going to guarantee you success, but if you're not getting the leads that you think, and if you don't look, you, you could screw up every opportunity that you get. I get it. But if you're not even getting to the plate, if you're not getting up to bat, if you're still sitting on the bench, um, then it ain't worth it. So that's, that's what I caution. Start, start with someone that you trust, but don't go whole hog until you know that it, that it's a good match. Um, Sage advice: Start low and work your way up. Yeah, that's what I and that's what I said to her. I go, <laughs> I go. Look, I'm not gonna, you know what I mean? It's like it's obviously too late, you know. But it's not always a good fit with with people. 
I mean, you know, and I would think that if I'm going to tell my story and I'm going to put it into video, if I could get the likes of a Hollywood producer to be able to draw it out of me, clearly you're going to see that that thing that's either interesting or you're not going to quit until you find that thing that's interesting so that you can create an interesting video. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people will go into a studio and go, okay, let's shoot my thing. I'm going to do my 30 second commercial. It's like, okay, we, we got it. We clipped it. We've done some funky transitions and it looks really pretty now. It's like, no, it's still boring as fuck. Like, no, (laughs) this is not a quality video that you want to put out in public. And I see it time and time again. And quite frankly, it pisses me off because people are just there for the dollar to go, I've, I've done my job and I have to pay somebody and we're in editing and this is, this is how it's going down. And it's like, you're not going down on me if you're doing shit like that. That's, that's not cool. That's not kosher. That's not whatever you want to call it. What I love about being able to do a video with you is that you, you know how to find something interesting because you know what interesting is. And that's the goal to create something that people are going to be interested in. I'm not just putting out a. Well, thank Well, thank you for that. I, I do appreciate that. I pride myself on that. I mean, it's, you know, years of being beaten over the head, you know, with, with, you know, people when you're at the newspaper, I mean, I have this conversation with people all the time. They go, you know, I know about deadlines. I said, I said, okay, that's good. And I go, uh, have you ever worked on a newspaper where it, like I would get the call, okay, you better hit send right now. Otherwise it will not make the morning paper. I mean, there's nothing more fearful than knowing that you busted your hump on a story, but if you don't, if, if it's not done like within 30 seconds, you're done, okay? That, that you're, you're gonna be embarrassed as hell because you're gonna go, wait a minute, where, where, where is that, you know? So I agree with you. So that's been, that was kind of the way I grew up in the business. That was my first job was being a journalist. And then I kind of graduated to the, to the studio side of things where, again, it was, what is it that makes it special? I mean, yeah, sure. Uh, entertainment is essentially a copycat business. Someone comes up with an idea and then, you know, everyone tries to copy it and, and create it. Um, but it is still finding that, that position. And that is what I do. The other, the other thing that you didn't mention is when people work with me, they work with me. I don't have, you know, 16 junior people that I go. Hey, you take over this one. I mean, there are moments that I that I wish I did because, certain, <laughs> as you know, certain, you know, certain times the personalities don't always, you know, don't always mesh. But I pride myself on I'm involved with everything that I do, and it's me personally. And then, you know, my, you know, my small team, you know, I have my editors and um, you know my my videographers and all that kind of stuff. But it's me at the helm, and I take and I take great pride in that. I, I'm. I'm not, I'm not farming it out. You know, when I first started my own business 20 years ago, um, I worked out of my house and people would say, oh, you know, what, what do you mean you're working out of your house? Well, that, that just means you're farming the workout. I go, no, it means that I set up here because, you know, I don't know. Well, so like, well, we, we want to see your workspace. And it really made me uncomfortable to bring strangers into my house to say, you know, oh, 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 really? Uh, that couch is nice, you know, you know, not. So, <laughs> so I, I ended okay. up, you're not working with the couch. <laughs> right. So I ended up working, uh, I ended up opening a post-production facility with a couple other guys. And all of a sudden people said, Oh, Oh, you have an office. Oh, can I come in? Yeah, sure. Come on in. And, and it kind of took me to the next level. Now it's come full circle. 
if you're not working out of your house, then there's something <laughs> wrong with you. You know, exactly. like, um, what do you mean you're going into an office? Why? You know, don't, don't, don't you enjoy working from home? So, you know, think, things have kind of changed. And I, and I do have a chuckle at that because a bunch of people said, oh, you're just, you're just farming everything out. You're not really doing the work. And I went, what planet are you on? You know, so it, I, I do enjoy the fact it's come full circle. That's awesome. So give me an example of one of your Cinderella stories of just a regular business that that made something because of you. <laughs> a regular business? Just a regular oh. business, not Hollywood, not Disney, not those guys, just, you know, Joe's Plumbing. You know, um, the guys that I just mentioned, you know, I think they're on the I think they're on the cusp of just exploding. They're called Hip Hop, H-I-P-P-O-C. Uh, they're in they're uh, in Montreal. And um, I think I, I think that's going to be one on high on my hit parade because um, they are bringing something new, just, you know, the whole uh, artificial intelligence. So that's that that's one that I'm really looking, you know, keeping a close a close eye on. Um, I did I've done something where these these are coaches that I've that I, uh, I did some work with. And I think that, I think their business has improved, you know, tenfold. Um, uh, since we did it and I, and I see this as a burgeoning relationship. So those are ones that I'm, that I'm really, really, you know, feel that I'm heartfelt. Look, Adobe is, you can laugh, but Adobe was a completely different business before we did it. So I do take great pride in that as well. Um, even though, oh, it's Adobe, but the reality of it is it's Adobe now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and they won't give me the numbers before to what it is now, but I think, you know, the, 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 content that we created uh, where I had the privilege of interviewing an Oscar winner by the name of Rob Legato, who was working with um, on a Martin Scorsese movie called The Aviator. And you'd think it had this huge budget and I was able to illustrate, no, it did not have a huge budget for, for their effects, you know? So, and this is how they did it. And they used After Effects. Um, that I feel really good about that. And it's just, you know, it's, it's, but it's, but it's like anything else. It's, it's, you know, Sundance TV is a big thing now right mm -hmm. but when you know when we were launching it they didn't even know what they had it was like well what are we doing are we, are we recreating the sundance film festival what, what exactly are we doing and of course now it's it's evolved into this destination thing but i'm proud of the fact that i was able to get them you know build the foundation i remember we were having a meeting down at uh it was down in orange county california after one of the tv conventions and we sat in a room and they said, well, okay. And in those days, coverage was really hard getting in, you know, getting into the cable because they only had X number of slots. The, the bandwidth was not great. So I said, well, what do you want? You know, what do you guys want to do? And we had a very limited marketing budget. And I said, you know, here's what I think we ought to do. And I came up with a, a billboard campaign in the major cities and, um, and, 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 uh, and some other things that were very low cost because in those days billboards were very very cost effective um and the guy and uh, redford's right hand said schmuck you don't get it none of these people are going to be able to get it they're not going to be able to you know they, they you know we're not there's no coverage right now and i said that's the point we want them to think that they're missing something we want them to think that that if they don't have it then they're somehow behind the times and they're going to call they're, they're going to call their cable company go, why in the hell do I, you know, why do I not, how can, why do, well, can I get Sundance? And of course I was shot down because, you know, whatever. And then about a year later, 
you know, I met I, someone that I work with. She said, probably, you know, probably would have been a good idea. So, <laughs> but yeah. so, you know, there's those moments too, that you feel like, God, if only, if only. So anyway, it's, uh, there's, there are a lot of those stories, but I, I take pride anytime, anytime I'm successful, you know, creating some magic for somebody. I take, right. I take, pride. I, I, I really do. It's uh, things that I take pride in, like, um, movies that, you know, like, like, okay, faith-based movies are a big deal today, right? Well, we, we were kind of ahead of the curve with a movie called Luther, and um, um, it had um, uh, uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph uh, Fines in it, and, um, um, and it was really an excellent movie, and, and, and I take great pride in the fact that even though the half of the, the German production company did something that I told them not to do. They sent out DVDs to all the churches. And I said, do not do that. So our numbers, because it was based on Martin Luther, should have been good, you know, in all the Lutheran communities. So it should have been good in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. It should have been good, you know, in, in those smaller towns where the, where the Lutheran communities were big. Our big numbers were in New York and Boston and L.A. And, and there was a reason for that because our marketing worked, but they had screwed up because all the churches where they should have sent their congregations to the theater had already seen it on DVD. They were using it to make money for their congregations rather than creating this thing. So, okay, no one's gonna look in the history of moviedom and say, oh yeah, Luther, look, it only grows seven, whatever. I'm so proud of it because the factors that, that, you know, that I had to combat and it was literally creating a new genre, which is with this faith-based um, films, which has become huge. I love that. And it's it's not like with any entrepreneur, you're not going to face some <laughs> entrepreneurs going their own way and being headstrong going, I'm going to do it my way. No, no, exactly. No, that's what we do. Exactly. I think the other thing too, you know, for any entrepreneur, it's like, what do you have in common? You know, what what do you have in common with the people you want to work with or the audience you're going after. Tell me, what, what is it? Like I said, leaf filters, what do you have in common? You want to protect your parents. You don't want them to, you know, because, you know, we, we all deal with it. Our parents get older and they all think that they're going to, that they're still Superman. There was, a, when I first moved into this house, I heard this screaming and yelling and there was a, there was a guy in his eighties had gotten up on a ladder and it was windy and no one was spotting him and the ladder moved and he was hanging on for dear life on his balcony. And literally, I mean, we all came running, okay? And we were able to like, um, we were able to like break his fall just enough to where we saved his life. Okay, so, so that's what you have in common, right? We have in common, you wanna protect your, you know, you wanna protect people that are getting older, you know, and, and they happen and they're, they're your parents, it means even more because, you know, you don't, you don't wanna really, be a statistic. So that's really, you bring that entrepreneurial spirit and people talk about it all the time do it intelligently. You, you hear, you hear older athletes talking about it as well. Like, I don't know if I work out harder. I work out smarter. They say every, every older athlete, I guarantee you talk to Allison Felix. Um, she's going to say, yeah, I work. I, I have a kid now and I, you know, I got a family. I work out, I work out smarter. Okay. Do I work out harder? Maybe in that, in that condensed time period in those days, maybe I didn't have any responsibilities. I'd spend all day doing it. Now I know I've got two hours that I've got to do it. That's what entrepreneurship, I believe, is about. 
yes, you're going to work hard if you believe in yourself, but you got to work smart too. Awesome. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having right now and they're thinking, oh my God, Rich, I need you so badly. I think, I, I, I think it's defining their story. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm 20 years in and my elevator pitch isn't what it should be. You know, I kind of, I mean, uh, I think where, I think maybe the first time I met you on one of those calls, um, I did my, I did my, uh, elevator pitch. I thought, okay, Rich, you did good. That's what I said to myself. And then someone came on after me and then someone spoke up and they said, okay, you know, I'm, I'm trained in this stuff and you did it properly because you talked to your audience first before you talked about yourself. And I went, okay, you know, you know, I failed, you know, obviously I didn't fail, but I was like now beating myself up. It was your charisma. It's your charisma. You could have gone blah, 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 blah. I was not even allowed to feel good for three minutes. So I think that's the biggest stumbling block is let's, it's really defining who you are and, and what your passion is and what makes you special. That is really the biggest stumbling block. And that's really why people should call, whether it's me or somebody else, it's like, hey, let's let's go let's go and the other thing that i that it's that i get that i try to get through to people is i get paid for my brain as well as you know the work that we do i'm not just sitting there you know okay go ahead talk michelle go ahead oh okay yeah all right there you go okay we're done oh yeah i'll do the best i can i really am trying to bring i'm trying to bring the best out of you you know when we sit down awesome so let me ask you this. So how do you get it up and keep it up in your business? Of course, I'm talking about your profit revenue. <laughs> I tell you, I tell you the secret. These networking things, being on podcasts, otherwise, and, and it's and it's hard for me. I mean, I know you might find that hard to believe. I'm not a great networker. I really am not. I I I really feel like sometimes people don't really want to hear me, you know, oh God, he's talking about, oh God, okay. So Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, like whatever. Oh, really? Redford said you guys went to high school together. Okay, fine. You know, Charlton Heston said, you know, here, give me a glass of wine. It's 1031. I mean, like, I feel like that if I'm talking shop, that people think A, they don't care, or B, I'm just trying to show off. So I tend to like not want to do those, you know, do those events. And yet I'm finding now that people actually do like the stories. They want to know, you know. They want to know some inside stuff that, you know, that you, that I've experienced. And um, so networking is really crucial. If you're out there, if you're out there talking about what you do and why you do it, you're honing your message. You're actually refining your secret sauce. You know, you're, 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 you're actually sharpening your, you know, your Superman powers, you know, your, your otherworldly powers. I think that's crucial. I know it's transformed me. I mean, because before I was, you know, seeking out networking opportunities and doing those things, I would just sit here and go, okay, are they, they going to email me back? Are they going to call me? Am I going to get the gig? I mean, what about that? I mean, maybe I should go after that. It's a horrible way to exist. It really is. And so the more you can talk to people that are like-minded, that whether they're, whether they become your clients or not, but just talk about it. Hey, you know, enough about me. Let's talk about me. Um, you know, more of those situations where you're really just talking about what it is, I think is really, really crucial. I think the other point is don't be afraid. I know when I started 20 years ago, 
I said, I'm not calling that guy's a schmuck. There's no way I'm not calling him. And the guy, and the guy took me to lunch and he said, he said, no, he said, you're on your own now. You're not working for the big studio. Okay. They may be a schmuck, but they, but that schmuck may hire you. Okay. So you can't be afraid of, of, well, we didn't really get along. If they ignore you, they ignore you. I mean, if they, if they, if they tell you that, you know, if they, if, if basically they whisper to one of their colleagues and you're an asshole, then so be it. I mean, your life is no different, right? I mean, so, okay. And, and it took me a while to get over that. I mean, it, it really did. Cause now I realize I'm an idiot because I really should have been reaching out to these people immediately. Okay. Instead of saying, Oh God, I couldn't stand him. I mean, every one of them should have gotten a note from me, every one of them and, and follow up until they basically said, Rich, leave me alone. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying be a pest, but I'm saying, you know, there's a way to do it where you're dropping people notes. And the other thing is talking with enough coaches through the years, they say, you have to, you have to mine your resources, basically your first connections on LinkedIn or whatever you need to, you need to mine those. And I remember distinctly, I, you know, screaming going, you don't get it. You don't think I do that every day? You don't think I call, you know, people that I know and then are my friends every day seeing if they have work for me? That's not what he meant, okay? What he meant was tell them what you're up to. Tell them what you're looking for. Ask them questions. Everybody likes to talk about themselves. That's what mining your resources means. Get into discussions. Don't, if you're hitting them up just for business, the answer is either I have business for you or I don't. But if, if it's philosophical, hey, man, I love what you did on this. Well, you know, what'd you do? You know, why was it successful? Why do you think it was successful? Or conversely, hey, I really love what you did, but I'd noticed the numbers weren't what you thought they were going to be. Um, so I say, you know, so tell me, you know, do, do you have, now that is a little more painful conversation, but maybe you'll get some back and forth. That's what mining your first connections means. And like, it finally hit me. That's what it is. You know, that's what it is. And you, and, you know, look, obviously there's some sensitivity. If you work for a big company, they don't want you posting it on LinkedIn, you know, and saying I did it because, you know, maybe they don't want people to know that they didn't do it themselves. So you have to pick and choose what you're going to do. But um, that is the biggest thing. Do not be afraid and be out there. Talk, talk it up. Try to get in as many conversations as you can, because you never know where they're going to lead. You just you just don't know. I mean, I was looking for something a few years ago and I and I saw that the founder of the company um, was uh, connected to the diabetes community. So I said, and I, and I wrote him, you know, my note. And at the end, I said, P.S., I think, I think we have diabetes in common. I said, for five years, I produced pieces on that CNBC show. And um, I, got a, I got an immediate response. And, and, you know, so we were able to talk about that. Now, I didn't, I, he and I never did any work together. But he, you know, he, he, he recommended me to some folks. And, and it was great. And, you know, so that, that's really what I, what I would say. I love that. So I know that peeps listening are going to want more of you. That's of course, one one thing. So how would they um, begin to hook up with you? Well, um, <laughs> well, um, bornsteinmedia.com is, um, that's, you can see my work. Um, there's a contact information there. Um, <clears throat> That's B-O-R-N-S-T-E-I-N media, M-E-D-I-A.com. That's one way. You can text me, 818-606-2383. Um, no spam, but, um, but yeah, you can, you, can, you can text me on that. 
and or you can email me richborn at westworld.com and that is a great story that richborn at westworld.com uh, email when everyone else was back in the day was getting aol accounts my friend said don't be an idiot go with this little company in the valley and i got a westworld email and now everyone thinks I'm hip because everyone thinks I'm, I'm associated with the show Westworld. So I'm associated <laughs> with the show. Yeah, don't you, don't you, don't you fret. But the reality of it is it's just been my email for the last 20 years. And, you know, and so after 20 years, I've become hip. Um, so that's, those are the best ways to do it. Awesome. So if you're driving right now, go to the show notes, go to the little blue pill for business.com slash blogs, I think. <laughs> <laughs> we will get that straight for you. And uh, we will have Rich's information there and just type, search in Rich, Born, videos, uh, sizzle reels, anything like that. We will have it in the show notes for you or scroll down on whatever device you're using right now and it'll be in the show notes there too. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Rich. It's been absolutely fantastic. I'd love and appreciate every time I get to talk to you. Thank you. I'm, I'm waiting for that text. Rich, I'm ready to work with you. I'm waiting for that. Awesome. Okay. I mean, oh, we are working together. You, you're you're, you're going to regret that. I'm not breathing. <laughs> no, I, I say this. You're the greatest. I love your personality. I, every time I see you on, on a screen, I know I'm going to have a good time. You are truly one of the uh, charismatic people that are out there. And, you know, I, I really, I really am pleased that we got a chance to meet. Nice. I am nothing if I can't give you a good time. <laughs> good time michelle has the blues i get it okay awesome this is michelle Nella. Right. thank you for being here with us today if you know anyone who would make a great guest for the show or if you have a question or topic that you'd like me to discuss reach out to me at michelle at the little blue pill for business.com or connect with me on linkedin or facebook i'd love to hear from you Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.